So, my name is Carter, and for about five years I have worked at Walker Asylum. For the sake of confidentiality, and quite frankly, the safety of you reading this, I will not be releasing where it's located. At first, it was honestly just like sweeping the halls of a high school, nothing but a mundane janitor job. The staff seemed to genuinely care for the patients, but what confused me is that most of the patients didn't seem to be insane. Sure, a lot of them were paranoid, even some a little empty in the skull, but certainly not to the point of insanity. However, I slowly noticed that the longer they stayed, the more they slipped into losing it. I assumed it was just due to being locked away for long periods of time, but now I know. I know what snapped the poor bastard's sanity. One night, I had to stay late due to a fight between two patients, leading to one being stabbed and more than once. This meant I was stuck mopping up the blood, not to mention the piss and vomit from the easily nauseous. And let me tell you, it takes more than just a wet mop and a bottle of bleach to get all that shit off the tiled flooring. As I was dumping out my second pail of dark red mop water, trying not to gag, Dr. Wendells, the head of psychology, came in bringing me a cup of coffee. Sorry about the mess, Carter. If I were able to handle the sight of blood, I'd give you the hand. He was a stereotypical nerd, soft eyes behind a pair of rimmed glasses, a tall, lanky figure, and a rather nasally voice. I laid down my mop and grabbed the coffee, thanking him. Uh, it's no big deal. This is why I'm getting paid, after all. Although, I might have to ask for a raise after this mess. He chuckled softly and agreed that my next paycheck should be significantly heftier. As I raised my coffee to my lips, I looked at him and asked, Why are you here so late anyways? Didn't the staff leave like two hours ago? For a very brief second, he showed a face of panic, as if trying to find an answer, but instantly composed himself. Yes, well, as head physicalist, I have quite a heavier load of paperwork than your average doctor. I nodded without giving it a second thought. After all, it was a solid excuse, given that running an institution like this one. After a few minutes of small talk, he left for his office as I continued scrubbing and mopping. I did what I could to make the floor look presentable. Well, as presentable as an asylum cafeteria could be. After cleaning up my supplies and storing them in the closet, I head to my office, which was only a little larger than the actual closet we store the supplies in, yet I know, living quite lavishly. I grabbed my coat and made my way to the front door when suddenly I heard this fuzzy sound. It was kind of like a deep muffled buzz you'd hear from a bee. I chalked it up to be the crap LEDs, I mean I can't even remember how many of those I've had to change. I continued walking when suddenly that buzzing sound returned this time followed by what I could only describe as the screech of a wounded animal. It was faint and muffled, but just loud enough to catch my attention. I figured, what the hell, might as well check it out. I was already working the graveyard shift, might as well do some exploring. It was strange, no matter where I went, the buzzing never got any louder, nor any quieter. I was stumped. I've scrubbed this building from every square inch, yet couldn't find anything. I was ready to give up my search when I passed Wendell's office. It was completely empty. He was nowhere to be seen. I assumed he had just left until I noticed that his coat, bag and car keys were still on his desk. 
The buzzing returned and while it wasn't any louder, I could see flashing lights from underneath his desk. I went in and pushed the desk over to the side and underneath was this trap door. The wood was worn down and stained to holy hell, splinters popping up all over the place. I opened the hatch and lifted the door. It led to a long ladder that was rusted and dented. The buzzing returned, this time much louder, along with the screeching. However, this time it was slurred and mumbled. Now, I can already hear you going, don't go down there, dumbass. But I've seen plenty of horror movies and the whole people being stupid and going into dark basements. But the thing is that the human mind is a curious thing. Sometimes curiosity overpowers logic or fear. So after a few minutes of debating my own sanity, while I hear more yells and buzzing, I went down the ladder. It was grimy and rusted to hell. Thank god I got my tetanus shot or I would have died on the spot from the first rung. I continued to go down till my boots hit the cracked cement floor. There were flashing lights in the direction of the sounds. Every part of me wanted to climb back up that ladder and run the fuck out of here. But my body moved no matter how hard I tried to hit the brakes. I went down the hall and slowly peeked around the corner and what I saw made my heart skip a beat. It was Dr. Wendell's along with a nurse. Wendell's was standing in front of one of the inmates who had been strapped down to an old fashioned restraining board like Frankenstein. The top of the man's skull was cut off. Rusty metal rods railed into his brain from various areas. His eyes were glazed over, almost like TV static. Now, John, you know this is merely a test. Resistance or not, we will be getting our studies complete. So why don't you just try to relax, and we'll get through this smoothly. Wendell said, picking up what I assumed to be a cattle prod or stun baton. He slowly moved the prod to one of the metal rods sticking from the man's brain. It's then when I learned what the buzzing was from. A strong electric current followed by a low staticky buzzing. The man began slurring again as his left arm violently began spazzing out. Wendell's began cackling as the nurse also let out this disturbing giggle. So this part of your brain controls your left arm's motor functions. Fascinating. I screamed silently and kept telling myself to get the fuck out of there. but. Both my eyes and feet were glued in position. After testing the rest of the rods and discovering what controls where, he called over the nurse to bring over his tools. She did just that and they quickly got to work. Wendell's grabbed a bone drill, caked in steel blood and began drilling holes in the removed pieces of the skull. Each hole corresponding with one of the rods, he slowly lowered and removed bone back onto the man's head. He then grabbed a small hand torch. He fucking welded this guy's head back together. The man still let out slurred screams of help, but they were very quiet and mumbled, which I chalked up to the whole metal spears in his brain thing. And now, Wendell said with a twisted ear to ear grin as he reached for the tree. We move on to the last step of stage one. He finished as he picked up another crimson stained tool. It was a rusty, jagged scalpel, not large enough to be considered a knife, but significantly larger than the simple scalpel. He admired the blade's sharp edges. Now this is my favourite part, he said with a wink before ramming the blade into the lad's gut. 
slowly opening it and removing a large patch of flesh revealing the man's ribcage and the contents held behind it. The man finally went limp as his blank eyes stared off into the dark hallway I had been sitting in. Without a second passing, Wendell got back to work. He began connecting wires to the various rods in this man's head, as well as nailing what looked like to be some kind of power battery into the man's heart. And what happened next has haunted me for years. The cables now attached to the man's brain were attached to a control panel of some kind. And now we begin. Wendell's announced to the nurse by his side. He flipped a few switches and suddenly the man who was well past deceased got back up from his position. This man just made a fucking walking corpse. Magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. Wendell's exclaimed as he continued to test the rest of the controls that caused the dead man's limbs to move. It was absolutely grotesque and honestly horrific, but to that psychopath's credit, Despite being an absolute violation of human rights, the man was a smart son of a bitch. If it weren't for the fact that I had saw him get gutted with my own eyes, along with the metal rods lodged into his cranium, I could have easily mistaken the man to still be among the living. His limbs moved flawlessly with little to no difficulty. He was even able to make the corpse pick things up even move his jaw to give the impression of speaking. That's when my lunch finally decided it was time to come up. That was also the moment I had been spotted thanks to my now liquefied bacon, egg and cheese spilling to the ground. My eyes met with Wendell's, where he flashed a smile that would have given Heath Ledger's Joker the chills. I immediately began to haul my ass to the ladder, in which the doctor's new plaything began to chase me. I turned around met with his empty glazed over eyes, and still open chest. As I began running, I noticed a large tank of gasoline for the generator that powered Wendell's little torture room. As I ran, I quickly kicked the barrel as hard as I could, even ended up breaking part of my foot, but my adrenaline was so high I didn't even notice. I reached a ladder when suddenly my leg was grabbed by the walking corpse. I threw a punch right to his face while I'm sure you know, dead people don't exactly feel pain, so my swings were meaningless. I decided to shove my boot into his face, which caused him to stumble back, giving me enough time to climb up. As I reached the top, I quickly fished my lighter from my pocket, and for once, having a smoking habit saved my life that night. I dropped my lighter into the hole, and the ground instantly ignited. I pushed a large metal desk back over the trap door in which that fucked up psychologist and his nurse began desperately banging on the steel latch door. I never thought I'd have blood on my hands, but honestly I couldn't care in the slightest considering whose blood it was. I called the police before quickly running to my truck and driving home fast enough to run over the flash. I haven't been the same since, I mean, who the fuck would be? I was lucky to make it out alive, but now I am in constant fear of becoming a decaying puppet. After all, despite tearing the whole place apart, the police never found a trace of Wendell's body. They had found the nurse's body charred to a crisp. Hey, like I said, I don't have any sympathy for her to feel guilt. Along with the now double dead man who I did feel bad for. However, Wendell's body was never found.